Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torah Anytime and other platforms. Please press the follow button to receive ongoing updates regarding our shiurim, and please share this shiur with at least two friends. There used to be a relatively common, prevalent phenomenon of a culturally affiliated Jew. The type of person who attended synagogue three times a year, kosher style sort of thing, cultural affiliation, but not deeply engaged in any substantive Yiddishkeit. I've heard such Jews joke, or perhaps not joke, describing from their perspective what services were like on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where they didn't quite get what was going on, but they felt intuitively, this is the place where I'm supposed to be. And the comment was, well, as I listened to the cantor with his operatic performance, I thought, oh boy, this must be an atonement for my sins, having to endure this, having to listen to this guy. That was Yom Kippur. But the truth is, that culturally affiliated Jew, superficial though his observance might have been, there was something. Episphus, there was something. There was an ember of Judaism still aflame. And that allowed that his children, his grandchildren, If they were inspired, they could take it to the next level. There was an assumption called, I'm connected to the Jewish people. And it's so sad and unfortunate that that sort of Jew is vanishing. This is really a massive meta-change, seismic in nature in Jewish society, the loss of the culturally affiliated Jew. Now, many... Disconnected Jews are totally unaffiliated. Think of the millennial generation, where there's no assumption that being Jewish is special. And we are seeing this in the Kiev world. New challenges which we have to deal with. New touch points to Yiddishkeit. To somehow find that access route for someone who is not beginning with any assumption of connection, the way the culturally affiliated, though disengaged, Jew of yesteryear used to be. I want to develop this dynamic of that kosher style sort of yid from the stories of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim in these parshas. Because let's think back. We are taught from childhood that one of the saving graces, one of the merits for which Kal Yisrael left Mitzrayim was they didn't change their traditional Jewish clothing. They didn't change their names. They didn't lose their traditional Jewish language. This is an, actually an amalgamation of two Midrashim put together. And one can, from this perspective, intuit who was Klal Yisrael in Mitzrayim? A deeply insulated people. A people apart. Real Haimashayidin. They were like Hasidim in Bar Park, you could think. After all, they, they, they were totally, they, they, they somehow created this immunity from Egyptian society around them. 
to be Kadosh Vatahar. But the problem is, there is a preponderance of evidence in the inverse direction indicating serious assimilation problems. Chazal, for example, teach that B'nai Yisrael, with the exception of Shevet Levi, dispensed with Prismila in Mitzrayim. Now that is a loss of the fundamental, the primal sign of being Jewish, Prismila. And the full text of the Medrash says that when Yosef died, not only did they neglect Bersmila, but they began to attend the Kastiros for Tatiros, Egyptian circuses, Egyptian theaters, and they dispensed with Bersmila, saying we want to resemble the Egyptians. And they were thoroughly immersed in Egyptian idol worship, Chazal tells us. So much so that no less than the Malachim, the angels themselves, could not distinguish between the Jewish people and the Egyptians, declaring halolo of the Avodazar, halolo of the Avodazar. The Jews are as idolatrous as the Egyptians. In the same vein, Rambam famously declares in Hilchas Avodazar, Kemakot haya ha'ikr avram. Avram Avinu's entire monotheistic heritage, the notion of belief in Hashem, Amunah, was almost completely forgotten in Mitzrayim until Moshe came to redeem us. So here you have a thoroughly assimilated people. Seemingly a total contradiction to the whole image, the whole caricature of an insulated Jewish people who didn't change their clothing, their name, and their garments. The question is to me even deeper than simply contradictory indications regarding Jewish identity versus assimilation. The problem is much deeper. How can Chazal give such meaning, attach such significance to Loshino Shma Malbusham Ulashonam? Not changing your clothing, your language, your name? Those seem insignificant, superficial. In context, a Jewish people who's serving Avodah Zarah really matters if they maintain traditional names. Think about it a second. Think about a Jew who Nebuchadnezzar up, converts to Christianity. But even in church, he's known as Chaim, not Chris. Does that strike you as meaningful? Does that strike you as significant? Or to use another analogy, perhaps a little more troubling. Think of someone who at the Seder has a chametz a matzah ball. What is the significance of that matzah ball? It's chametz. It's matzah ball in name only. Substantively speaking, it's the antithesis of everything a Seder is. Well, that's what the name Chaim versus Chris seems to mean if you're an Ovid Avodah How do we make sense out of the state of the Jewish people and the significance of them maintaining traditional Jewish cultural practices, which seem to ring so hollow, given their dereliction of Yiddishkeit in the most deepest fundamental way? But you know, my friends, I believe that Chametz Dika Matzah is exactly the point. Indeed, the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, the Jewish people in Gauls, lost all connection to substantive Judaism, or almost all connection to substantive Judaism. But at least they had cultural symbols. That Chametz Dika Matzah ball, Jewish names, Jewish clothing, Jewish culture, kosher style, it's not the real thing. But it's gasping ever so 
tenuously at some concept of being a Jew. When Chazal are saying we were redeemed in this merit, they are not saying we were redeemed because we were these stellar Haimish and a bunch of Hasidim in Williamsburg. No, that's not what they're saying. They're saying we were redeemed because Ephesus, we at least had something. Though we were languishing on the Memtas Sharitam on the 49th level of impurity, we had some Jewish connection, superficial, cultural, but not substantive, though it may be. And I believe, seen this way, the Chazal is really giving us a dose of Musser, never mock that chametz de kamatzibol, never write off a Jew who at least is upkeeping cultural connection. And of course, as many Mepharshim note, maintaining a Jewish name, maintaining Jewish language, speaking Yiddish in the vernacular and the like, these were not necessarily maintained in every Jewish community. There were Tzadik who had secular names exclusively. A Tana like Antignishish Socho with a Greek name. Or a Rishon like the Magan Mishnah with a Spanish name Vidal. The issue of, per se of names, distinctive Jewish names, speaking Yiddish, distinctive Jewish clothing, these are nice symbols of Yiddishkeit which occupy different space in the philosophy of different Sadiqim and different communities from the Hasidim to, to the Yakasha to the Litvasha and so forth. It was accentuated by some tzaddikim, certainly by some of the Hasidim, but per se it might vary. The issue in the Chazal is not that maintaining those is the essence of Yiddishkeit, our formative Yiddishkeit for which we were redeemed. No, Chazal are saying that in Mitzrayim, we at least had those, though we didn't have substantive Judaism. But certainly when we have Torah, Mitzvah, substantive Judaism, the need, the dire need for Jewish names, Jewish language, and so on, is no longer present. It's a whole different feel, a whole different sense to this Chazal and what it's telling us why we were redeemed in this merit. Seen this way, appreciating Klal Yisrael and Mitzrayim as that kosher-style Jew I began with, who was redeemed, who had a future, because at least he had that tenuous, tenuous though it might be, that cultural connection, affiliation to the Jewish people. I think we begin to understand the significance of a pattern throughout many psukim. You find many psukim throughout the ages regarding Yisrael Bagals, the Jewish people in exile, which speaks of the Jewish people in two particular Galios, Ashur and Mitzrayim, Assyria and Egypt. One example is the famous Pasuk about the end of days. Uvo ha'ovdim be'eretz Ashur v'hanidachem be'eretz Mitzrayim. They will come, those who are lost in the land of Ashur, those who are pushed away in the land of Mitzrayim, and they will serve Hashem once again. And you'll find that coupling the Gaulus of Ashur, the Gaulus of Mitzrayim in many Pesukim. Clearly, Ashur and Mitzrayim represent something. I believe what they represent is the following contrast. In Mitzrayim, we have a story of assimilated Jews, and in Ashur, we also have a story of assimilated Jews. Because we know there was a Gaulus of the Aseris HaShavatim, there was an exiling of the ten tribes who were led into exile by Sancheir of Melch Ashur. And they totally lost connection to the Jewish people, never heard from again. 
all indicators are they totally are thoroughly assimilated into host nations. And there have been legends through the years. Are they the Native Americans? Are they certain Pakistani or Afghan, Afghan tribes? No one really knows, but none of these people have any visible connection to the Jewish people. And in fact, there is a debate in the Gemara if the Asar Sashvatim are ever going to return. So here we, and I'll add, as with every debate in Chazal, both are true, but from different perspectives, right? It seems to me that on one level, the Ten Shvatim, so to speak, from a rational level, from a Midas Hadin perspective, they don't have any future because they've totally lost connections to the Jewish people. But on some deeper, more miraculous level, no Jew left behind, even they are going to find their way back. That's kind of a meta-human perspective of the other day. So coupled with Golos Mitzrayim, Golos Ashur is a very striking contrast. Appreciate the Jews in Mitzrayim. The Jews in Mitzrayim, the Jews in Golos Mitzrayim, they, they are assimilated Jews, but they are assimilated Jews who at least have that connection. They are not totally lost, totally disconnected, like the Jews in Golos Asher, like the Asar Sashvatim. It seems to me that when the Nevi'im are speaking at the end of days about two types of Golos Jews, Jews of Mitzrayim, Jews of Ashur, it does not mean in the literal sense that necessarily at the end of days there will be Jews in Mitzrayim, there will be Jews in Ashur. It means two prototypes of Golos Jews who both need redemption and a different type of redemption. Jews in Mitzrayim, who've lost all substantive Judaism, but at least they have that cultural affiliation. And then even more dire and severe, Jews in Ashur, Asar Shashvatim type of Jews, both live in America today. The kosher-style Jew would be the Golos Mitzrayim sort of, but then we have the Golos Ashur, those Jews who don't know they're Jewish, don't care about being Jewish, right? As I heard in a Kir forum, Nebuch on a college campus, one girl say, who cares about the Ten Commandments? Don't commit adultery. I don't like that one. There is no room for the beginning of a conversation, seemingly. We're going to get to her somehow. We're going to reach her somehow. No Jew left behind. But that's a Golisashor type of situation. And appreciate the magic now, the perfect precision of the language of that well-known Pasuk. Uvo ha'ovdim ashor those lost in Ashur versus Vahani Dachen Be'aretz Mitzrayim, those pushed away Mitzrayim. Ovdem Be'aretz Ashur means they're lost. They've totally lost any sense of connection. Much harder to reach them. Nidachen Be'aretz Mitzrayim, on the other hand, those pushed away in the land of Mitzrayim. Nidach does not mean you might feel rejected, you might feel pushed away, but you feel connected. There actually would not be a stigma to being pushed away to being a nidach if you wouldn't feel connected. Anyone who feels ostracized, stigmatized, means deep down they feel connected, which is why the state of being a nidach is so difficult. Nidach, pushed away, describes a sinful Jew. As we see in the Torah, there's a concept called irhanidachas, a city of idol worshippers, who are pushed away, lured away from Jewish observance. Nidach means... They have been disenfranchised, but struggle with that state still. They feel nidach because deep down, they are still connected, as represented by kosher-style cultural affiliation, which is actually a deep cry out, I am a Jew. And 
the general model of a Jew returning is from a state of being nitach. As we said before, the miracle of even the of the Beretz Ashur, that's kind of meta-rational. Some days, Chazal cannot even conceptualize that possibility. Aseris Hashvatim type of Jews will come back. But of course, ultimately, the Pasuk says somehow miraculously, even Ogden Beretz Ashur will come back. No Jew left behind. We don't write anyone off. But certainly the more predictable, understandable route of Gu'ula and Chuva is the Nidachim Baratz Mitzrayim coming back. Find those Jews who have some affiliation are open and begin their process of Gu'ula, their process of Chuva. Touch them. Don't mock their Chametz Dika Matzah ball. Your forefathers in Mitzrayim were redeemed because they had cultural affiliation. Nidach is a powerful phrase, and that is why when we daven three times a day in Shemona Esri for Geula, in the Brach of Tekaba Shofar, when we daven for final redemption, we call Hashem Mekabetz Nidchayamu Yisrael, the one who will gather those who are Nidach, those who are pushed aside. We use the word Nidach, clearly drawn from that Pasuk of Nidach and Baritz Mitzrayim, because the hope of Geula is to those Jews those Jews who are totally disengaged, they, like our forefathers who served Avodah Zarah in Mitzrayim, they felt disenfranchised from Hashem and from the Jewish people, but they grappled with their Jewish identity. They had Hametzdika Matzabal sort of connection, Loshina Lashon Mabusha. And vis-a-vis them, we have a tefillah and a hope of Geula. The Ovdom Baritz Ashur, that's a Hashem sort of thing. How could they possibly come back when... They don't know they're Jewish. They don't open themselves up to us. That's Hashem's divine solution. The Ovd and Baritz Asher will come back. But we are going to do our part vis-a-vis the Nidach and Baritz Mitzrayim about whom we daven three times a day. Open your eyes. Find that Jew who feels like a Nidach, who feels pushed out. Whether perceived that he's been pushed out or whether he's been, he or she has been actively pushed out, whether they've been pushed out by others or whether they've abdicated the privilege of observance themselves and they are a self-imposed nidach. But a Jew like that who clearly identifies as a Jew and the manifestation of their Judaism might seem silly to you, might seem weird to you, might seem as hollow as your ancestors in Mitzrayim. The Chaim versus Chris who entered a church. And you're like, what an incongruous picture. Therein, in that incongruent picture, lies the source of redemption. The Nidachim will come back. No Jew left behind. Certainly not the Nidach. May all Jewish people re-embrace the richness of Yiddishkeit. May we all re-embrace with ever deeper fervor and love Aspects of Yiddishkeit from which any of us have been anidach. Aspects of Yiddishkeit from which any of us felt thrown out from, castigated from, but we're uncomfortable with it because deep down we know we're Jewish. Amen. Please share this year with at least two friends and please press the follow button to receive ongoing updates regarding our Shi'or. Thank you very much.